0: This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. If we were to set out to build a house, it's logical that we would begin with the plans for the actual structure itself. After the building was up, we then set about to furnish it. But in Exodus, as God revealed the plans for His house to His people, surprisingly, He begins with the furnishings first. Is this just a meaningless detail? Is anything in the divine revelation meaningless? Stay with us for today's classic life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. With us today once again is Brother Bob Denker. Bob, welcome back to the program.
1: It's good to be here again, Chris.
0: Bob, today we come back to look at the second article or item of furniture in the tabernacle, and that is the Table of the Bread of the Presence. I think in the King James it's referred to as the showbread table, and some of our listeners may know it by that name. Maybe you could locate these furnishings for us, at least give us a mental picture of what we're talking about.
1: Well, the tabernacle had two rooms. One was called the Holy Place, and one was called the Holy of Holies. And outside the tabernacle, there was an outer court. And in each of these three areas, there was different items of furniture. In the outer court, we have the altar where the sacrifices were offered, and we also have a laver where the priests would wash before they entered into the tabernacle, into the holy place. In the holy place, we have three items of furniture. The first item is the table of the bread of the presence, which is the subject of our broadcast today. And on this table, there were 12 loaves of bread were displayed in two rows. Then On the opposite side, there was a golden lampstand with the seven lamps shining to illuminate the entire holy place. And then sitting right in front of the veil that separated the holy place from the Holy of Holies was a golden altar, the incense altar. Then once we enter inside the veil into the Holy of Holies, we have one item of furniture there. That was the Ark of the Testimony. And uh, this ark had a cover, and it had two cherubim on the top. And inside the ark, we have the hidden manna, we have the budding rod, and we have the tables of the Ten Commandments.
0: Well, we mentioned in our introduction today, Bob, that as uh, the Lord was giving Moses the instructions for the tabernacle, he began with these furnishings, these furniture items that you just described. And that's what we're going to hear about as we join with Lee for our first section.
2: The sequence of the unveiling of all the things is very, very meaningful. First thing, the ark was revealed. Not the tabernacle. If you don't have the ark, how could you have the tabernacle? And this means, if you don't have Christ as the embodiment of God, how could you have The enlargement of Christ, which is the church, his body. So you can see the unveiling of all the tabernacle with all its furniture was very, very meaningful. And it was very, very carefully presented to Moses. Moses. God didn't point out to Moses the tabernacle. The first thing God pointed out to Moses was the ark. In other words, outside of the tabernacle, you have a liver here. Then you have the altar. When we experience these things, we don't begin from the ark. It's impossible. You just cannot get there without some other steps. When we experience these things, we enter the outer court and the entrance, then we reach the altar, then the labor, then we enter into the tabernacle, we come to the table, the lampstand, then you have this incense, golden altar. After that you enter into the holy of holies, and you reach the ark. That is the very place the propitiation cover where you meet God and where God meets you and where you and God, God and you can converse and there you get God's words with all his instructions and so forth. According to our experience, The thing begins from the altar. But according to the Revelation, it begins vice versa. According to the Revelation, the first thing that was revealed to Moses was the ark. And the ark was a type of Christ being God's embodiment. So it is God's testimony. Actually, it is God expressed because you have the testimony within the ark that is the embodiment of God. Then you have the crown of the ring, golden crown of the ring. That is the expression of God. Firstly, God embodied within, then God expressed without. That is God, not the hidden God, but the expressed God. Not the God in mystery, but the God in revelation. Christ himself is God in revelation. Christ, Jesus Christ, is God revealed. When this ark is enlarged, you have the tabernacle. And that means what? When this very Christ who embodies God is enlarged, that is his body, the church, a gold sequence.
0: Bob, as we've mentioned in Exodus 25, as Jehovah gave the instructions for the tabernacle to Moses, it's very interesting that he began with the various articles of furniture before he gave the plans for the tabernacle itself. That seems backwards to how we would build a house. Of course, we would start with the blueprints and the building, and then at the conclusion, we'd decide how we wanted to furnish it. Why did the Lord reverse the order here?
1: Well, the reversing of the order here, Chris, is very, very meaningful, God's desire is to have a testimony of himself. First, we have Christ as the individual testimony of God, and then we have the church as the enlarged corporate testimony of God. The reason that the ark is revealed first is that the ark is a type of Christ, and without Christ, it's impossible for us to have the church as the corporate testimony of God, the enlarged expression of God. Actually, the tabernacle, which symbolizes the church as a corporate testimony of God, is produced by the experiences of all the furniture in the tabernacle. As we enjoy Christ in all the different furnishings that furnish the tabernacle, then we become the corporate expression of God. From the point of view of God's economy, the ark should be first because the ark symbolizes Christ as the individual testimony of God. Then the tabernacle, which is the issue of the ark or the enlargement of the ark, is second. And we see this also in the New Testament. First, in the four Gospels, we have the revelation of Christ, the individual. He was God's testimony. Then in the Acts and in the epistles, We have the tabernacle, the church, as the enlargement of Christ, as the body of Christ, to be the corporate testimony of God. Of course, at the end of the Bible, we have the new Jerusalem as the ultimate consummation of the tabernacle, as God's enlarged corporate expression for eternity.
0: This really matches the order of our experience as well, doesn't it? Of course, we're brought to Christ and we receive him as our Savior. Uh, We experience him in somewhat an individual way, but then he brings us to some place that's important to him, doesn't he?
1: Yes, Chris. All the believers need to realize that God's goal is not just to have individual Christians, but to have a corporate building, a tabernacle, a house for him to dwell in and for him to express himself.
0: Well, Bob, we want to look now at this second item of furniture that we began the program by talking about, and that is the table of the bread of the presence or the showbread table. In Exodus 25, verse 23, and you shall make a table of acacia wood. Two cubits shall be its length and a cubit its width and one and a half cubits its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold and make a rim of gold around it. Interesting, the materials here match those of the Ark of the Testimony, don't they?
1: Yes, Chris, they are exactly the same as the materials of the Ark.
0: Let's rejoin Witness Lee, Bob. Following in the
1: Ark, what is
2: revealed? The table, the ark first, and the table second. The ark is for God's testimony. And the table is for our nourishment. Hallelujah. You have the ark for God's testimony. And you have the table, not a desk. Check with your experience. Whenever you stayed with God upon the propitiatory, cover. That's Christ. You meet with God and God converses with you. And you have a good time of fellowship. And you receive a word out of God's mouth. According to experience, that becomes a table. That becomes a nourishing face. Right away, it seems to your experience, the ark becomes a table. You tell me, have you ever had a time that you were with God in the Holy of Holies, on Christ, as the propitiation? You converse with God, and God spoken to you, and you have received some word from God, and you had a good time with God, and eventually, no table set up? Right away, the ark becomes the table. The testimony, the Christ, becomes what? The nourishment to you. You're nourished. God's testimony becomes your nourishment. The very embodiment of God, this Christ, becomes a table full of life supply. You're nourished. This is not a doctrine. Hallelujah. Oh, the fact is true that whenever we had the experience of the propitiatory cover, that's Christ, as our propitiation, after not too long, right away, that became a table. Still Christ, the same Christ, but the same Christ to God, he was embodiment. He was the testimony, yet to us, he is, what? Now, the table, our nourishment, our feasting, our
0: food. Bob, another marvelous revelation. This is tremendous. After meeting with God at the propitiation cover, we get his speaking, and his speaking becomes our nourishment. Bob comment on this wonderful sequence, After God first takes care of his testimony, right away he takes care of the need for nourishment of his people.
1: Yes, Chris, God is always concerned that we, his people, would be properly nourished. In the beginning of the Bible, after God created man in his own image so that man could be God's expression, God put man in a garden in front of the tree of life, and he wanted man to be nourished with the tree of life which symbolize God himself as life to man in the form of food. By this kind of nourishment, man would become God's testimony or God's expression. Here we have the same kind of thought in the revelation of the tabernacle. First we have the ark. Then when we enter into the Holy of Holies, that means when we enter into our spirit and we contact God at the ark, which means in Christ, Then we have fellowship with God in our spirit, and God speaks to us, and his word, his speaking, becomes our nourishment. And this ark in the Holy of Holies becomes a table to us, a table of feasting, where we feast on Christ as the bread of life, And we are nourished with Christ as the bread of life. This nourishment supplies us with God's life and God's nature so that we can be God's testimony. This is God's desire to have a testimony. But we cannot express God as his testimony unless we are nourished. So God knows that we need to be nourished. So he always cares about our supply. He always supplies us with Christ as our food. So, whenever we contact God, God's main concern is to impart Himself into us as the nourishing food so that we can live a life that expresses
0: Him. Bob, I think this picture of the progression, first being able to come into God's presence by virtue of the shed blood of Christ, which is the propitiation, and then hearing His speaking, and how then this progresses to become our nourishment, our feasting with God. It's a view how many of us had any idea when we began to touch the tabernacle that it would have such an experiential relevance to our own daily walk with the Lord.
1: Yes, Chris. We all need to experience all these rich items of the tabernacle.
0: Well, Bob, we've seen before in our life study of Exodus the feasting, in a little different context, and that is the manna that the Lord gave the children of Israel as they were wandering through the wilderness. We're going to hear a little comparison of these two as we go back to Witness Lee for our final section.
2: Whosoever will be in the tabernacle must be a priest. No one who is not a priest is qualified to enter here. Whosoever enters into the tabernacle must be a priest. And this table is set up not in order but in a tabernacle. So, all the eaters of uh, that table are priests. So, this table signifies that Christ is the feast for God's priests. According to the true fact, a believer is a priest. But, start to say, according to the degraded situation, many Christians today are not living as priests. Why? Because they are not in the tabernacle. They are in the other court. And even they are in the world. Some are here, in the tabernacle, serving God as his priest, Christ, as the feasting table, is not a daily supply. Daily supply is manna every morning. Weekly supply is this table. Daily supply is only for you to live. But weekly supply, not only for you to live, but to serve. A kind of serving life. Here in the tabernacle, it is a serving life. You must be a priest. Christ is not only manna for God's people, he's also a table for God's priests. This is the table within the building. And who are the building? The saints you and me, we all are built together. When we all are built together, we are the practical, the actual, and the present tabernacle Right within us, there's a table. Oh, this is meaningful, dear saints. This kind of enjoyment of Christ could never be found anywhere else. Now is the table just next to the ark. Christian teachers Let me tell you, this is a type of Christ. To nourish God's people, they made it so general. No, the table is not that general. The table is particular. You may say, we have such a table in Psalms 23. The table set up for you before the enemy is not this table. Here, you don't have an enemy. Here you have the ark next to the table. This is particular. This is dear. This is precious. According to typology, this tells us this is a kind of enjoyment of Christ as your serving nourishment just next to God's embodiment in the midst of the build that is up, We may come together week after week, yet there's no building among us. As long as there's no building among us, there's not such a table. Because no tabernacle. No tabernacle. No table. You must have the tabernacle. Then in the tabernacle, you have the table. And this means why you must have a group of believers build up to be God's practical, actual present dwelling place, then there, within that building, you should do.
0: Well, Bob, we spent a lot of time when we were first going through the life study of Exodus, covering the matter of the manna as a type of Christ, as nourishment for his people. And this really affected us in our daily living. But the table in the holy place, the table of the bread of the presence, also a type of Christ as our nourishment, is a little different aspect of the nourishment. What's the difference here between that represented by the table in the holy place and the manna?
1: Well, Chris, as we saw in previous broadcasts, the manna was the daily life supply for all the children of Israel in a general way. And every morning the people would go outside their tents and they would gather the manna, the location of where the people enjoyed the manna, was in the wilderness, outside the tabernacle, even outside the outer court of the tabernacle. But the bread on the table was a particular supply that could be enjoyed not by the people of Israel in a general way, but only by the serving priests. And in order to enjoy the table of the bread of the presence, the priests had to be inside the tabernacle. They couldn't be outside in the wilderness They had to be in the tabernacle, in God's dwelling place. And, of course, we know the tabernacle signifies the believers who are built together to be a corporate habitation of God. This means that if we are going to experience Christ, enjoy Christ as the bread of the presence on the table in the tabernacle, first of all, we need to be priests— And second of all, we need to be built together to be a corporate, build-it-up, dwelling place of God. If we are not builded together, we cannot experience the reality of the table. And if we're not serving God as priests, then, again, we cannot have the enjoyment of the bread. Well, we may ask, well, who is a priest or what is a priest? Well, in the Old Testament, of course, we had one family and one tribe who were the priests. The rest of the people were common. But in the New Testament, this has been changed greatly because in the New Testament, every believer is a priest. And this is mentioned very clearly in 1 Peter and in Revelation. God considers all believers as priests. And also, all believers are living stones to be built together into a spiritual house so we need to be built together and we need to function as priests then if we have this reality in our christian life then we will spontaneously enjoy the bread and the table of the bread of god's presence we will enjoy christ as our nourishment in a specific and particular way that enables us to
0: serve god bob this concept of the universal priesthood of the believers It's in Scripture, it's unalterably so, but it is not in the concept of most of God's people, is it?
1: That's right, Chris. I think most people feel that those who serve God are one class of people, and then the rest of us are just the common people. But this is not God's concept. God's concept is that every believer should be and must be a serving one. That is, every believer is a priest.
0: And for all of those who will rise to the truth, the reality of Scripture, there's this very special portion, a portion of bread, of nourishment that you can touch no other way. That's right, Chris. Bob, these messages, I think we used the word classic to begin with. I'm going to finish with the word, how about treasure? They're treasures, aren't they?
1: They're marvelous treasures.
0: Bob, thank you for being with us today and look forward to having you back very soon. I'm looking forward also to coming back. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get to complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.